Welcome to another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study Podcast, a teaching podcast from Faith on Hill Church in Milwaukee, Oregon. My name's Adam, and while I put 20 minutes on the timer, why don't you open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. We're going to be starting in verse 15. One of the ideas of this podcast is that there is a timer. Hit 20 minutes and I'm done. Last week, I was beginning to teach about verse 15, and then I saw that we had hit 20 minutes. So pick up where we left off. Chapter 20, verse 15, the Ten Commandments. You shall not steal. What does that mean in our day? What is stealing? What is theft? Am I allowed to... I mean, there's the obvious ones. Like if I go into a, uh, a grocery store and I put some candy bars in my pocket and I walk out, right? That's the obvious one. That's the easy one. Don't do that. I feel like I could just edit in that, that sketch, uh, Bob Newhart, you know, stop it. If you haven't seen that, YouTube search, Bob Newhart, stop it. If, if for some reason you've never seen that, please do that. But what is stealing? Am I stealing if I'm borrowing my my friend's uh netflix password am i stealing if i've got some bit torrents on my computer am i am i steal what is this you know what every person's going to have to be convinced in their own mind every person's going to have to be convinced in their own mind there are universal truths that are obvious. Don't go into the Fred Myers and take a bunch of candy bars in your pocket and walk out. There were national laws. And so obviously we live under the national laws of our country. And In the early days of pirating, you know, Napster and all that, if you go back, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough. My junior year of high school, we had nothing. My senior year of high school, we had Napster. Uh, the, the technological changes that have happened in the last 20 years, staggering. In the early days of Napster, the argument was that the courts had ruled in the 80s that it was legal for my aunt to record something on the TV onto her VHS and then give me a copy, which is how I had a copy of Star Wars as a kid. That my aunt recorded all three Star Wars movies onto a video cassette off of her cable because she had cable and we didn't. And that was how I watched Star Wars. Now, the trick to that was that um, Return of the Jedi cut off at a certain point. And um, I have a, a great love for the last 10 to 15 minutes of Return of the Jedi now that I own it as an adult because uh, as a kid, I, I, I always knew what happened, but I never got to see it. But anyway, that was legal to do. And then Napster comes along and so everybody says, what? What's the difference? You know? I make a copy of something, a, a, you know, copy of VHS, and and then uh, what's the difference? Well, 
Congress passed a law and there was a difference. So I've stolen, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm confessing to you. In my, in my youth, I st stole a lot of music, I guess. How do you work out what's a universal truth into a national thing? Well, what's the national law? How do you work it out in a cultural context? These are all tricky things. I, I would say this. I want, I want to follow God. And I, I'm not interested in legalism or moralism. So here's a universal truth. Don't steal. There's some national laws. And then there's a cultural reality. You know what? If Netflix really didn't want you uh, borrowing your friend's account, they wouldn't make it very, not just easy to do, but like they understand that it's happening. So, you know what? Don't, don't torrent. And uh, if you're, if you're uh, using your friend's Netflix account, you know, pay it forward somehow. And if you disagree with me on that, um, I'm open to being wrong. <laughs> Verse 16, you shall not get false testimony against your neighbor. Don't lie. I was thinking about lying. So many of the reasons why people lie actually have to do with covering up, have to do with covering up all of the rest of the commandments that you break. Why do you lie? Well, I stole, so I'm lying about it. I dishonored, I dishonored somebody I'm supposed to honor. So I'm lying about it. I was unfaithful, so I'm lying about it. I made a false image. I misused the name of the Lord. I didn't keep the Sabbath, so I'm lying about it. It says, don't give false testimony against your neighbor. Don't lie. And so many of the reasons why people lie have to do with breaking the rest of the commands. Think about this. If you if you removed the rest of the commands, what would your reason, or, or sorry, if you kept the rest of the commands, what would your reason be for lying? Now, there are people who lie. They just, you know what? Everybody struggles with different sins in different ways and at different levels. I have known people who just lie. I knew one person who they just, they lied so much that I genuinely think they, they thought that some of their lies were actually the truth. And I remember there was one person kind of in a friend's group of friends I was a part of in my early 20s, and I, I realized that they were a liar. And nobody else in my group of friends kind of believed me. And I was like, all right, fine. Look, this person's a liar. I don't trust them. And I just left it at that. And then over the next year or two, because liars lie, you know, they, it, um, my friends started coming to me one by one like, I think, she, I think they are a liar. I'm like, yep. You know, why? Because their lies start piling and piling and piling and you get caught up in your own lies. But if you, if you take out that person who just is a, a, a chronic habitual liar and you say, why do we lie? Why do we bear false witness if not for the fact that we have broken some of these sins? I had somebody lie about me a couple years ago. And I was like, why? Why would they do that? Like, what would be the reason for lying and then I kind of look over this list and I go, oh, 
they had either a false god or um, they had pride or some there was some sin that that necessitated the lie and i could prove it you know that there was a lie but but the idea is this it says don't give false testimony against your neighbor you want to stop lying well it, it it'll stem from just keeping the rest of the, of the God's laws. Now, that being said, I believe that you can get used to lying. And I do believe that you can come to a place where you've lied for so long that you just don't even think twice about it. And that's where we need the cleansing of God so that he will bring us to a place where, where only truth is on our lips, where we just fess up, where we don't try to hide it. Verse 17, do not cover, covet your neighbor's house. You shall not cover, covet, 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 covet your neighbor's wife, his female or male servants, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. What is coveting? It's not a word that we use, right? When we talk about the Ten Commandments and we say, um, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony against your neighbor. We understand all of those. Do not covet. What does that mean? Covet is, is looking at what somebody else has and saying, I want that for me. Now, that's not the same as saying, you know what? My neighbor has a really good relationship with his kids. I, I would like to have that kind of relationship. Um, or, or your coworker, man, they, they seem to just really remember everyone's name easily. And I have a tough time with names. I want to get better at that. Uh, maybe you have um, a, a friend who who just genuinely cares about people in a way that you don't. And you say, you know what? I need to be more caring the way that they are. I don't think that's coveting. That's just saying, I, I, I want to grow and develop as a human being. What we When we say coveting, what we're saying is, my friend just got a promotion. And instead of being happy for my friend and his promotion, that should be mine. My friend has a, has a great relationship with his family. And instead of saying, you know what, I want to take what I see in them and I want to put that in my own life. No, I'm just going to take that for myself. That's why coveting your neighbor's wife or, or husband is, is, is you say, hey, here's this person that you know, has really poured into a good life. I want to take that for myself instead of I want to build that myself. See the difference? Uh, male or female servants now in that culture. Uh, by the way, I'm going to uh, talk about slavery in the Bible probably next week. But in that culture, it, what he's saying is like, hey, your friend has a business with a lot of employees or your your this is I'm modernizing it. Um, and you want to just steal them. It's this idea that this doesn't belong to me. I want to, instead of building in my own life, I'm just going to take what somebody else has done. Take the credit. You know, someone else did the work on that group project, but I'm going to take the credit for myself. Somebody else has done the work, and I'm going to try to steal the results. Why is this such a big deal? You, you might, I, I said I'm going to talk about slavery probably next week, but you think about it, like there's no thing against slavery. Rape is not in the Ten Commandments. 
there are things that seem far more important to me than coveting your neighbor's donkey. What's going on here? I believe that the Ten Commandments are part of God's universal law, universal truth, and that they're foundational. That if I don't covet, if I don't, if I don't have, if I have a culture of honor, if I have a, a posture of worship towards God, if I have a posture of peace and not of violence, if I have a, 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 a focus on giving and not taking, I believe so many of those things will just be removed. That we're talking about foundational issues. That, that these other things that you might say, why aren't those on the Ten Commandments? Because these things foundationally will remove them. It is a, a hallmark, really, of our society right now. There's so many things that we don't want to deal with. I was, I was watching a football game the other day, and there was a commercial for a, a TV show that was coming out. And I was like, oh, it's another TV show about a teacher raping a student. Because that's what it is. It's another TV show about a, a woman teacher in her late 20s or early 30s having a uh, uh, sexual relationship with a student in his teens. Statutory rape, sexual abuse, power dynamics. We, we've just had this Me Too movement, and a lot of the Me Too movement, which generally speaking, I'm full support of, and, and a lot of the whole point of the Me Too movement was power dynamics. That, that when, when a man who was a boss or an executive or something was was coming on to a woman, it wasn't just a man and a woman at equal planes, but he has power over her career. And we agree that that's bad, right? But here's another TV show in a long list of TV shows and movies that for whatever reason, they're just obsessed. These actresses who stand up and say, time's up, me too. Um, we can't have these abusive power dynamics. And then they go and make movies and TV shows that glorify it in a different context. What I'm saying is this. Our culture doesn't want to come to terms. We don't want to come to terms with the fact that the, the refugee crisis at our border, the refugee crisis at our border is largely funded by America's drug use. And yet we decriminalize drugs in Oregon. The refugee crisis at our border is largely funded by America's drug use. The drug problem in many of our cities stems in large part from systematic injustice that has been implemented since, you know, decades and, and even centuries ago, but still exists and still has echoes and still has effects. These are all things that we don't want to deal with we don't want to own, and that's right and left. I could sit here and, and call out the left just as easy as call out the right. What's going on here with the Ten Commandments is a foundational thing. Here are the foundational commands for how to live your life in a way that loves God and loves people. What are the greatest commands? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You do these two things, and things will go fine for you. The problem is that we don't do those things. We elevate things that are not God above the true God. 
We don't love our neighbors. We love ourselves and then act selfishly. Verse 18 says, When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and the mountains and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak yourself and we will listen. Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Remember, they were out in the wilderness at the foot of Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is not a volcanic mountain, or it certainly wasn't then. And that has led some to say, well, it, it couldn't have been there. This is obviously volcanic activity, and it couldn't have been there. Well, I guess it goes back to which miracle you choose to believe. I've lived in the shadow of volcanoes most of my life. We were on a walk yesterday, and we could see Mount Hood, and we could see Mount Adams, and we could see Mount St. Helens. As a kid growing up in Seattle, if someone said the mountain is out today, that tells you that the weather is clear and you got blue skies because you can see Mount Rainier. There was no question about which mountain. I've lived in the shadow of volcanoes my whole life. So really, they just happened to be there on the day when Mount Sinai erupted? Or you believe that the miracle was that God was doing something miraculous, that the presence of God was there and it had physical consequences, which is what I believe. Now, what they're saying is, Moses, you speak and we will listen, but don't have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, verse 20, do not be afraid. It's interesting to me, you'll hear people say, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to give God a piece of my mind. And yet every interaction we see in the Bible, whether it's with the presence of God or an angel who comes from the presence of God, we see people fear and trembling. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. To understand, it's easy to say, yeah, I'm going to keep those things. Don't steal. That makes sense. Don't murder. That makes sense. It's easy to say all of those things. I remember being in, in you know, like 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, and just thinking smoking is dumb. And I had relatives who smoked, and I saw the repercussions of that. And I remember thinking smoking is dumb. I'm never going to smoke. Until I was in high school and I smoked a cigarette. You can say all kinds of things are bad, and you can all agree, yeah, in that moment, sure, Ten Commandments, that's, that sounds good. Until you enter the land and you now have the temptation to break these commands. And so what Moses is saying is God is, has shown you his power so that you understand this isn't just a, a small thing, this isn't just a casual thing, that the God, the creator of the whole universe, has given you these laws. So verse 21, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Moses is a type of Christ. He's a picture of Jesus. That Jesus is our bridge to God the Father. That no one could mediate between God and man, so God had to do it himself, and he became a man, the man Jesus Christ. And with Moses as the mediator, the people had fear. But with Jesus as our mediator, we need not fear. The Bible says that because of Jesus, we can approach 
God with boldness and with rejoicing. That the power of God displayed leads us to a place of relationship and not terror. And I'm thankful that we are in the better covenant because of Jesus. Well, this has been another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study Podcast. New episodes are released on Thursday. Audio versions of the podcast are available on Apple Music and Spotify. Just search Faith on Hill. Video versions are available on our Facebook. All of our social media is at Faith on Hill. My name's Adam. I'm the pastor at Faith on Hill Church. I want to say thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study Podcast.